in his Sermon on the Mount is the comparison of an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, and turning the other cheek. And this is found in Matthew chapter 5, specifically verses 38 through 48. And so that's going to be our main text this morning as we look at this series, Dancing with Jesus. And today I'm going to be talking about a little dance that I like to call the cheek turn. Um, I was drawn to this dance because there's a possibility for some scandal, some contradiction, if you will. Last week I talked to you about how Jesus, while here on earth, was fully human and fully God at the same time. So why would he introduce something that could be scandalous, something that is, is just polar opposite, if you will, in the New Testament to what the law said in the Old Testament? You see, he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount here, and he's talking about everything in this sermon. He's talking about the Beatitudes, about blessed are they that do something. And, and, and so he's going through the Beatitudes, and, and he's encouraging his listeners and us that we should be salt and light He's explaining that he came to fulfill the law, which that in and of itself is a little bit scandalous to the uh, teachers of that day because Jesus is saying, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill the law. And then he goes on and he preaches about anger and lust and divorce, about making oaths, about retaliation, as if these topics weren't outlandish and uncomfortable enough on their own for his audience. He wraps them all up in one sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is out here and he is preaching and, and he's stepping on everyone's toes. And then he drops this bomb on them. He gets right in the business of the religious leaders and he says, Hey, you've been doing it wrong. You took things too far. I know, scandalous, right? Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 through 48. He says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. In verse 43, he says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than the others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Wow. I'm pretty sure that I could preach a couple of days just on those few verses uh, it's a known fact that the eye for an eye teaching comes from the Old Testament scriptures. Uh, some believe that Christ was abolishing Old Testament teachings while showing the New Testament way of love when he compared these two contrasting ideals of how we should be living in community with one another. Others see this as an example of how these two covenants are different from each other. Uh, the question that's often asked is, well, why did God give that kind of a command in the first place in the Old Testament to take an eye for an eye 
or a tooth for a tooth. And then why did Christ come and change it to turning the other cheek in the New Testament? Is there a flaw? Is there a loophole? Even worse, is there an actual contradiction in God's word and the person of Jesus Christ here? Well, let me answer that question real quick for you. Uh, no, there is no flaw. There is no loophole. There is no contradiction. Well, unless you look at the interpretation of the relig religious leaders of the day, you'll see it there. But as we look at this dance called the cheek turned more closely, we have to ask a question. Could just anyone take that law, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, could just anyone in the Old Testament take that law and apply it to their life? And the answer there is no, they could not. You see, the eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth phrase was not a commandment for everyone to use as a martial law type of command. It's not how it was set up. It was a measurement used for punishment by the judges who were appointed in the Old Testament. In other words, your average Israelite could not go vigilante and take the law into his or her own hand and simply take an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth if they were wronged. This was solely up to the wisdom and discretion of the judges to make a just judgment. Uh, it was like the maximum sentence for a wrongdoing, eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You see, there was a process because our God is a God of order. There was a process. The person who was wronged had to appear before a judge, a judge like Moses or, or Joshua or Solomon, who was the king and a judge, or Samuel, to name a few. And they couldn't show up alone either. They had to come with at least two witnesses so that their case would be heard. And then the judge would give the judgment according to the loss. So an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, etc. And, and they would give that judgment following the legal system that was constituted by Moses, given by God. And you'll notice uh, for the God-fearing individual, even in the Old Testament, turning the other cheek essentially means refusing to take revenge. Uh, this was a central theme of the Old Testament, which Jesus is now emphasizing here in the Sermon on the Mount. Much of the misunderstanding that's behind the phrase, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, exists because of this comparison made by Jesus. But because of this comparison, most Christians were led to believe that anyone in the Old Testament was taught to just act on their own, while Christ then changes it to turn the other cheek. But to actually understand the reason why he compared these ideas, we need to look at the whole context of the passage. You see, Jesus says, you have heard it said, and then he says, but I would say to you, those teachings, he starts off, I read, to them, read you those already, five, Matthew 5, chapter, verse 21. But I want to look at the context of it. So we're going to look before that. We're going to look at verses 17 through 20 and listen to this outlandish claim that Jesus makes to these people. He says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. That is... Uh, an amazing, bold statement being made by Jesus. He says, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Did you hear that? Notice how he says that whoever breaks the least of the commandments or teaches men to break them will be least in God's kingdom. 
and Jesus is directly talking about the scribes and the Pharisees of his day. He is calling them out because they taught a perverted version of God's law. Uh, the Pharisees were going against God's word by their own traditions known as the oral law. Jesus was teaching the crowds that had gathered around that day. He was teaching them that they had heard from the teachers of their time who were the scribes and Pharisees, it being said an eye for an eye. But he's telling them they were heard wrong, that they were wrong. The correct way was to do the cheek turn or allow God's ordained judges to handle matters. You see, today we would simply say, we do the cheek turn and let God be the judge and God alone. Now, I want to emphasize some things here. The command, an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth, it was not a command for the people. Anyone who says in the Old Testament times that people in general took that and, and took an eye for an eye and took vengeance for themselves, they don't understand what they've read. The judgment here could never be put to power without the ruling of a judge. If someone wronged you in the Old Testament, you did not have the right to just go and exact revenge. You still had to follow the law that God set. And then only after a proper inquisition, as I shared earlier, it's the same today with most justice systems in the world, where the common man cannot legally take action against wrongdoing. The correct way to resolve a dispute is with someone is to come before a judge and plead your case. And then when the judge who has made their life's work to study and understand the law gives their judgment according to the law of the country, even though the justice system put into effect by Moses survived, all through the, to the time of the New Testament where Jesus is now currently speaking, the ruling sect, such as the Pharisees and the Sadducees, broke this system frequently by, in, by including their oral laws, their interpretations. I have a list for you that I want to share, but these instances are, are, are a few places where we see that you could not be punished outside the law of God, even in the time of the New Testament. In John chapter 7, verse 51, the Pharisees are accusing Jesus without um, a formal hearing. And we hear Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee himself, he challenges the other Pharisees. And this is what he says in John 7, 51. He says, does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? This proves, this, this one verse proves that no one can be punished before being judged and being formally heard. And yet they were already trying to pass a judgment on Jesus. In a similar fashion, in Acts 23, we, we see that the church starts in the book of Acts. And, and as you go through Acts, in Acts 23, verse 3, Paul challenges the council because they brought him in to be judged. But before they judged him, they beat him. And they hid him for no reason. And so here's what he says. Paul said to them, Acts 23, 3, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. Are you sitting to judge me according to the law? And yet, contrary to the law, you order me to be struck. And it happened before his, his part of it was ever heard. It shows, once again, the person who has been brought before the judges could not be punished in any way before proving guilty. In other words, it was contrary to the law to punish someone without him or her being found guilty. Uh, many other examples. The, uh, they're, they're in the New Testament, they brought a woman who was caught in adultery. And they brought her to Jesus, and they wanted him to judge her. And he had a different idea that day, and he forgave her, and he challenged them in that. You see, turning the other cheek uh, through this teaching is challenged and rectified this teaching of the Pharisees. Jesus taught the crowds. He said, hey, no one should retaliate or avenge themselves. When somebody wrongs them, he's saying, do the cheek turn. God alone will stand for justice. 
Taking it on yourself to enact justice has never been approved by God. In fact, God had communicated the same idea in the Old Testament. Uh, we can see in these verses below. I want to encourage you. I'm going to share you some verses right now. And I want you to look at these verses this week and see what God's Word says. Uh, back in Leviticus verses, chapter 19 and 18 and Proverbs verse 20 and 22, or chapter 20, verses 22. Uh, write this down and, and look it up and, and study it a little bit. Uh, the next one is Proverbs chapter 24, verse 29, and Job 31, verses 29 through 30. And then Proverbs 25, 21, Exodus 23, verses 4 through 5. And then finally, Exodus 21, 22 through 25, and Deuteronomy 19, 15 through 21. If you didn't get a chance to write those down, you can actually rewind the video a little bit. I love this technology because if I talk too fast or you miss something, just... Just bump it back 10 seconds. There's a little button for that as you're watching. Uh, but in these verses, when you read them this week, in context with Matthew chapter 5, you will clearly see that the person charged with a wrongdoing had to appear before a judge. Then they were made to pay, determined by the judges after a trial. They were not allowed to take the law into their own hands, so to speak. That's the cheek turn. This is the legal system that was instituted by God through Moses in the Old Testament, judges were instituted by God to judge his people throughout Scripture. Uh, they were supposed to be impartial. One of the criteria that judges had to follow, which came straight from God's mouth, is found in Leviticus 24, 17 through 20. And here's what it says. Whoever takes a human life shall surely be put to death. Whoever takes an animal's life shall make it good. Life for life. If anyone injures his neighbor as he has done it, shall be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Whatever injury he has given, a person shall be given to him. Uh, to put it quite simply, the judges had to judge righteously based on this full extent of the law. Nothing more, nothing less. So in dancing with Jesus, uh, when it comes time for us to do the cheek turn, I want you to understand something. The words of Jesus recorded in Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 42, are also connected with Matthew 5, 43 through 48. Here's what he says, in, starting with verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you willing, are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. I think it's important for us to note that doing the cheek turn, turning the other cheek, is part and parcel of the whole love your enemies verse that I just read, as well as love your neighbor commandment in Leviticus 19.18. In retrospect, whoever compares the Old Testament to the idea of an eye for an eye is just mistaken as to what Jesus' message was directed in rectifying the wrong taught by the Pharisees and the teachers of his day. The cheek turn is a good dance to learn. If nothing else, it stands as a reminder for us that no one should take the law into their own hands, no matter the reason. You see, under the Mosaic Covenant, anyone who is wronged by another 
had to bring the case before the judges who listened to both sides and judged with a correct measure of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. What Jesus challenged us with that day still holds true today. When we're dancing with Jesus, it's not for us to avenge ourselves or for whatever wrong is caused against us. You see, judgment, just like in the Old Testament times, still belongs to God even today. We must trust him, do the cheek turn, and bring our petitions to him without trying to avenge anyone for the hurt they've caused us. This was a simple teaching that our Messiah brought us. Not that it was from himself, but it was from God's word all along. I don't know where you are today. Maybe you've been struggling to forgive someone. Maybe your pride is not allowing you to do the cheek turn. But as we come to our response time this morning, will you consider what it looks like for you to not take justice into your hands, to not think about what you deserve in a situation? Jesus said to us, the world would hate you, Christian, because it hated him first. He said that you would be laughed at, mocked, persecuted, because they laughed and mocked and persecuted him first. He also said that God said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And when we're dancing with Jesus, it's our position in the dance to follow as he leads. You see, when you're dancing with someone, following their lead, you're mirroring everything they do. Your dance steps are a reflection of your partner's dance steps. And we need to be a reflection of Christ. He did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And he chose to fulfill the law by being love first. He didn't just tell everybody else that they should turn the other cheek. He did the dance first for us to show us that it could be done. I shared that with you in our communion time. And for our response time this morning, are you willing to let go of whatever it is that keeps you from forgiveness and being love? It's time for us to dance with Jesus. It's time for us to be the example. It's time for us to do the cheek turn, to show love, show compassion and grace to a hurting world. Will you consider these things as we sing our response song this morning?